0: business what is business we're defining it here as the creation of value creating economic value creating social value creating value responsibly creating value proudly so how does one do this effectively How do you do this in the midst of a swiftly churning technology revolution and in the midst of a loud and restless clamor for social change, for parity, for equanimity, and in the midst of an octopal tug of war each tugging violently to be in control, to be that one and only determinant of some new direction? As newbie business people, as entrepreneurs, or as fresh players in the space, do we need a new set of principles? Then what are those? Or a different set of standards? Well, what are those? Does success today and tomorrow demand a different kind of talent sourced from a different kind of pool? Or do we need a change in the deep structure of our thinking? We're already living in a net world, in a tech world, a world swiftly being populated by digital natives, exceptional digital natives. That's probably you, or not. Does doing business effectively in this space, does creating economic and social value require of us to own and embody a different set of values? If so, what are those? We are calling this segment The Business of Doing Business. The kind of knowledge, information, and expertise most valuable to emerging business persons, entrepreneurs, emerging leaders, organizers, anyone whose joy and vocation is to create value, to increase value, and to share value. <music> We're bringing in the experts. We are bringing in the doers, the thinkers, the dreamers, the tellers, those who are succeeding, those who have failed and refused to give up, and those who are ready and willing to share. You'll find ongoing contributions to this segment of The Journey by going to thejourney.ryosports.com. That is thejourney dot riosports. is spelled r y o s p o r t s dot com. Thejourney Click on business. This is the business of doing business. My name is Neville.
1: Hello and welcome to The Journey, Your Radio Show, hosted by Neville D'Angelo, author of A Soundbite Life and Flight of the Fused Monkeys, a PRG Emerging Technologies Forum keynote speaker and founder of Rio Sports. I am Joseph Ellison. Enjoy!
0: My guest for this opening episode of The Business of Doing Business is Mr. Jeff Klein, a prolific business and public speaker and founder of Speaker Co-op which is an organization of over 900 speakers and a wide array of entrepreneurs. In this episode, we'll discover how we might convert our experiences, talents, education, and expertise into shareable value. We'll also learn about the pitch, what it is, and why we should have our pitch always honed and handy, And we will begin to accumulate a list of invaluable resources to help keep us on that road to success and growth. I am especially delighted that Mr. Klein has agreed to come along with us on the journey to share from his vast experience and enriched expertise. Mr. Klein, welcome to the journey. First, tell us about yourself and your journey into business.
1: Hi, Neville. Well, uh, I'm a speaking trainer and a, a speaker, a public speaker by title, and I run an organization called Speaker Co-op, which we started it back in 2006. Mm-hmm. My background is in advertising and marketing, and film and video and movie production.
0: Ah, I didn't know that. Oh, good. So, so what 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 brought you from uh, movie production?
1: Uh, to into a speaker co-op. You know, no, I think my autobiography might wind up being called the accidental everything <laughs> because I kind of was an accidental ad agency guy, and then I was kind of an accidental speaker.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I, I came out of school in being uh, ready to work in the film business here mm-hmm. in the Dallas market. I have a, a degree in theater, but I always wanted to work on movies. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So I got to do that. I was very fortunate and had some good timing. Things happened where uh, I was able to work on a feature film called Born on the Fourth of July, which was my first movie.
2: Uh
1: And and that was shot almost entirely in Dallas, Fort Worth, in the Dallas area, Uh Um, except for the tropical stuff where they went. Over to the Philippines, okay. and that was the best thing. I, I mean, it, up till then, it was like the most fun I ever had in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And they worked me to death, <laughs> but I had a blast. Okay, uh, but then I, I wound up doing a lot of TV commercials and corporate video, mm-hmm.
2: and learning about
1: advertising from the kitchen, from where they make the, the advertising. Uh-huh. And uh, I also got involved in the Texas Film Association, Mm -hmm. which is the organization that tries to bring movies and TV shows to Texas. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And it's made up of the people who make the products. It's the crew people. And so that was my volunteer work at the time. And I wound up, after about a dozen years getting to a point where I was looking for a way to move on to something else mm-hmm. and yeah. probably be an employee because I'd been self-employed for so long and was looking for something different. Mm-hmm. So yeah. an opportunity arrived where I was able to work for the association and learned all about the business of association management, <laughs> okay. which is a, a job and, t- and career I never knew even knew existed. <laughs> I mean, right now. <laughs> yeah. But somebody <laughs> has to run the Bar Association and okay. the Pipe Fitters Association oh,
2: okay. and
1: Mensa and uh, things like that. Uh-huh. And uh, so I did that for about three years
2: mm-hmm.
1: and represented the film industry here in Texas, mm-hmm. uh, which was mm-hmm. a blast. Went to LA a few times and did some trade shows and learned all kinds of stuff I never would have picked up otherwise. Well, you did. And then, yeah. No, sorry. go ahead. Go ahead, please. Yeah. Ahead. And then I had an opportunity you know then it was time to move on again Mm -hmm. and so I went to work for a production company that that produced the Texas Rangers baseball games and the Dallas Stars hockey games so I went to work for a sports company and uh, our parent company owned the Rangers and the Dallas Stars and the Mesquite Rodeo Mm -hmm. and my job there was to sell advertising production so I was I was visiting the companies that that buy corporate video and commercial production and television shows to have a company produce their television shows. So I learned about a whole whole new skill that that I hadn't picked up while I was working on movie sets and on TV commercial sets. I learned about the, the business part of the business.
2: Mm.
1: And we wound up doing some uh, creative, which ad agencies typically do, but we wound up doing the – creative for Dallas Rapid Transit and a couple of other businesses through uh, that company. Mm-hmm. And then the owner of the sports teams started selling stuff off and so, and closed the company.
2: Uh-huh.
1: So one of the producers, the producer and director there, started his own business. Mm-hmm. So I went to work for an African-American ad agency as the account executive. Yeah. Uh-huh. And for those of you listening in, I don't look like I work for an African American <laughs> okay. I'm redheaded with blue eyes and freckles. But I was the rep and I learned all about how to make how to help a business become minority certified. Mm-hmm. Which, which was an important important uh, lesson I used a lot later on because a couple years later I spent about 8 months at the studios of Los Angeles mm-hmm. as their director of marketing. Hmm. Mm-hmm. and then I started my own ad agency. Okay. So the, the Studios of Las Colinas experience it, it was a full-circle experience, Neville. I, I interned there in 1985 mm-hmm. as I was finishing college, and that's how I wound up working in the film business because of the people I met there as an intern, mm-hmm. and then I went back several years later as, a, as the director of marketing and public relations. So the, the Studios of Las Colinas is the largest film studio in the southwest. It's got the biggest stage. Right, right. And big movies like uh, Silkwood and um uh it's, I, I, you know what I'm blanking out? That right. happens when you when you fill your head with so much stuff, right? Um and, and lots of lots of movies were filmed at the Studios of Las Colinas. right, Right.
0: Well, when we're back, there are several things that you, you've got me wanting to find out about. Mensa, you mentioned. <laughs> <I'm there. laughs> right. And then we, 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 I want to find out how you stumbled into, use your words, into the Speaker Co-op itself. We'll be right you- back. The business of doing business. Entrepreneurs, of course, we know have something they believe is of tradable value. And they are the ones who are able to successfully connect with others who are able, ready, and willing to recognize the value in what they have to offer, want it, and are equally excited and satisfied to make an acceptable exchange for it. We already know that. So how do these entrepreneurs know when they have or where to find that which is of tradable value? Let's return to my guest, Mr. Jeff Klein, public speaker and founder of Speaker Co-op, to learn more about these smart people and about his journey. I'm back with Jeff Klein. So, Jeff, you mentioned to us Mensa. That's the place Uh where all the smart people are. So, So tell me about that.
1: Well it's just what's it so happens Neville that Mensa is a tra- is an association mm-hmm. um, like mad mothers against drunk drivers is an association mm-hmm. and the Texas Film Association that I worked for mm-hmm. uh, I used to go to meetings with the people who ran Mensa and mad and the Bowling Proprietors Association and the Oil Change Association and all these organizations.
0: <laughs> the Oil, oil Change Association. Yes. Did you say that's that? That's
1: correct. Yep. <laughs> that were in the association business. Okay. And, and Chambers of Commerce are associations and Convention and Visitors Bureaus. So it, that was the... the um, Career path that I discovered that I didn't know existed oh, okay. because I was, I helped that organization help me with with doing the job of running the film association because I know all about the film business, mm-hmm. but I didn't know about promoting the film business through a member organization.
0: But actually, I learned how, about how, that. How, how does that work though? Um, you, you have me puzzled here. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm learning, uh, lot, but how does that work? How did it help you
1: with? Uh... I'll, I'll tell you. So, I was wor- I was working in the film business on movie sets, on mm-hmm. commercial sets, mm-hmm. and then I volunteered for this group of people that printed a directory every year of all the crew people in Texas.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And the organization that did that was the Texas Film Association. Mm-hmm. It had a longer name, but I won't I won't bore you with that because <laughs> it's changed its name since then. Uh-huh. And our job at the Film Association was to print this directory mm-hmm. and mail it all over the country and all over the world to people to entice them to come to Texas to make movies. Ah. So instead of just running this office, mm-hmm. I went to the, you ready for this? The Association of Associations. <laughs> Actually, it's called the a Society of Association Executives. <laughs> Which does career but, development for uh, people who run associations.
0: All right. mm. well, this is a
1: yeah, and I learned something about speaking from them because they used to have a training day every year, mm-hmm. a full day of speakers, and they had a speaker at every monthly lunch, which mm-hmm. was something new for me. Mm-hmm. So I actually started learning about speakers back then and didn't realize I was learning about it. Mm-hmm. And as as in my role now as the the Big Kahuna at Speaker Co-op.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It par- big part of my job is reaching out to trade associations to get my speakers booked. Mm-hmm. So everything really does come full circle. circle right.
0: So well, tell us exactly what Speaker Co-op is. I, I mean, right? Mm-hmm.
1: You bet. Well, let me let me connect the dots and tell you how I got to Speaker Co-op okay. from mm-hmm. starting my own ad agency because this is about the journey, right? Right. right.
2: Yes, it certainly is.
1: So. <laughs> I started the ad agency, and I, I ran it from 2001 on, and I, I did okay as a one-man band and a boutique ad agency. In 2004, I started teaching people about the 30-second elevator pitch mm-hmm. and, and business networking education, uh, is something I wound up becoming an expert in because I started speaking in all these groups mm-hmm. to educate people on that, but my primary reason for speaking was to promote my ad agency. Mm-hmm. And I, so I started learning about what we call now business speaking. Mm-hmm. And in 2006, or right before, in the late 2005, I was having coffee with some friends who were also speaking for their businesses. One was a gentleman who had a book to sell, and the other wanted to be a corporate trainer. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about how to sh- get more speaking engagements.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, I, you know, I said, well, hey, guys, why don't we start a lunch and invite people who speak and network with each other. And they said, great idea, Jeff. Why don't you start a lunch, and we'll support you. (laughs) And that's exactly what Mm -hmm. happened. In January 2006, we had the first speaker co-op meeting.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. We had about 50 people show up for lunch. Mm -hmm. None of us realized there were that many people speaking. (laughs) But that's good. (laughs) And most of us in the room were mm. business speakers, which means we were speaking to get clients for our businesses. Mm. And a few people in the room were public speakers, mm. and those are people who speak to get a speaker fee, and then, of course, they also do sell other training and consult- con- consultation and, you know, all that kind of stuff, but their job title is public speaker. Mm-hmm. And... So we just started having a monthly lunch and re- helping each other get referrals. Mm-hmm. I designed a unique way to introduce ourselves at our meetings. You know, even though I taught the thirty-second commercial, we didn't do thirty-second commercials at Speaker Co-op. Mm-hmm. We did an introduction to help each other refer each other to speak. Mm-hmm. So we do, and we still do it today. What I call topics, groups, name. Mm-hmm. So when somebody gets up, you know, when we go around the room at Speaker Co-op. Somebody gets up and they tell us two of their speaking topics,
2: mm-hmm.
1: two of the groups they speak to, and then their name.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And of course, they say their name last, so we'll actually remember their name. Right. <laughs> because if, if they speak to groups we want to speak to, right. we'll write their name down. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But if they said their name first, we wouldn't have written it down ahead of time. All right. mm-hmm. So we cool. automatic and, and so we automatically started as a referral oper- organization, a way to help each other get in front of more audiences. And that was 2006, and we started uh, just showcasing. We started having two speakers every every month do a presentation on what they taught. And it, it wasn't, you know, about two months in, somebody said, well, we need a website. Jeff, you do websites, don't you? <laughs> so speakercoop.com was born. Right. And we started listing people on the website. Mm -hmm. So, other people, meeting uh, or event organizers, meeting planners, and most importantly, Neville, those people who volunteered Mm -hmm. or got Mm -hmm. volunteered (laughs) to bring speak to be responsible for filling the calendar for their meetings a place to go to make it easy to find speakers.
2: Uh, mm -hmm. And
1: And along with that, exposure. We started educating each other on things to do and not to do to make business speaking work better.
0: Can you share with with us some of those
1: things to do or not to do? Sure, sure. and and I'll preface it by saying that that our moms and dads taught us to learn from our mistakes, Mm -hmm. which I fully agree with, but it's a lot less painful to learn from somebody else's mistakes. (laughs) So, so what I teach now, so much of what I teach is based on mistakes I've made. Okay, so they're learning from your mistakes. That's exactly right. And I, I and I encourage people to not have, not suffer the pain I suffered. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: And learn from my mistakes. And so, uh, you know, it's things like you and I talked a little bit before our our interview here about. Uh, an introduction Mm -hmm. and how you introduced me at the beginning of the show. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And that's different Mm -hmm. from a bio bio or a biography. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things we teach our speakers. You need to have a bio, which the organization you're speaking for uses to publicize your speaking engagement Mm -hmm. and get people to show up.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And then you have a separate introduction, which somebody else reads about you before you get up on the stage.
0: And how is that different? What well, are
1: those two different? You bet. The bio is designed to get people in, engaged to see that you're qualified, but also just tell talk about some of the things you're going to teach,
2: mm-hmm. some
1: mm-hmm. of the problems you're going to solve mm-hmm. if they show up at the meeting.
2: Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm.
1: introduction helps set the stage for you to teach those lessons. So the introduction talks about some of your accomplishments. It's brief, but it talks about accomplishments. It also talks about who you are as a person, Usually the introduction will say if you have kids or pets or some hobby that you have to make you human and and a little piece about how, why you're the expert mm. and to to excite people to be paying attention. So that's one of the lessons is to have an introduction instead of a bio Right. or have both. Right. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Now,
1: because like go ahead.
0: No, please. I'm I'm hearing you. I was going to
1: say two two. There sometimes people use the technology they have as a crutch, and it's not necessarily the best way. So I've had speakers, when I ask if they had an introduction for me to use, hand me their phone with their website pulled up. (laughs) And that's the biography, that's not Not the introduction. introduction.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll be right back, and when I come back, you hear this word a lot, pitch. Tell us about that pitch, all right? Okay. When we're back, we'll be right back. Aha! We've already learned quite a bit from Mr. Klein's experiences along his journey into the business of public speaking. At least I have. I want to draw your attention to four highlights pertinent to the business person, the entrepreneur, the leader, the organizer, the significant contributor. One, being able to recognize a need. Two, being able and available to service that need 3 being able to recognize a problem 4 being able ready and available to solve that problem and or provide a valued solution to that problem and here is something to note a something of supreme value to you or I might well be of absolutely no value or very little value to anyone else. And B, something you or I might value very little might well be of great value to others. That's key. Let's caption it this way. Successful entrepreneurs, leaders, innovators, significant contributors... Recognize the difference, then capitalize on it. I'm back with Mr. Klein. Jeff, what is a pitch or what some people call an elevator pitch or 30-second pitch? What is it?
1: If you go to a business networking event in a chamber of commerce or something like that, Mm -hmm. you're going to be asked to stand up and give your 30-second commercial. And it's called an elevator pitch because it started at IBM and they used to teach the salespeople back in the old days mm-hmm. to say what they did in the time it took them to go from the lobby to their floor in the elevator. Ah. So that's why it, that's why it's called the elevator pitch. Mm-hmm. Right. So the, the elevator pitch, the 30-second commercial, is the foundation of business networking. Mm-hmm. It's often the first thing people learn about you. Mm-hmm. Because you get up and say that at the meeting before you have a chance to talk to people later on, mm. and too many people do it wrong, Neville.
0: Mm. So tell us how to do it right before we do
1: it. Well, right. <laughs> you know, just some tips about doing it right is is that number one, you can't tell us everything you do in 30 seconds. That's right. So okay. you should not try. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> because you don't have time. Right. You only have 30 seconds. Right. Mm-hmm. You also can't tell us everybody you want to meet in 30 seconds. Right. Mm-hmm. So we teach you that we teach people to to ask for one thing when they do a 30 second commercial. Mm-hmm. And we teach them to ask for referral partners instead of customers. Yeah. Good. Good. Because a customer is great, a customer is a single transaction, mm-hmm. but a referral partner is what I call the referral that keeps on giving. Yeah, that's good. Because the right referral partner wants to meet the same customers you do, mm-hmm. and they already have a list, and you have a list, so you can help each other from day one.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, uh, this, you, you guys meet, of course, you're collaborating, you're a co-op, you're assisting each other. But is there a competition? Do you have people who as you mentioned you're after the same customer? Are you after the same customer for the same product or service? And how does that work or or, or tell me. Yes.
1: Well, one of the things I'm most proud of about Speaker Co-op Neville is that we have no exclusivity in Speaker Co-op. Mm. There are members of my group, of my business that do exactly what I do. Mm. And I'm okay with that because there is enough to go around. I can't teach everybody about business networking
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I can't teach everybody about business speaking
2: mm-hmm.
1: so we need other people to do it
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, uh, and in, uh, in addition I'm not going to resonate with everybody. There are audiences out there that aren't that I'm just mm-hmm. not going to click with mm-hmm. and they need somebody else to teach that same content. Mm-hmm. So we have no exclusive relationships in speaker co-op. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, let's go in deeper to the difference between... You explained it, but I just want to touch it, get a little deeper. The difference between a business speaker and a public speaker. Now, one of the differences you mentioned is that a public speaker goes up there, speaks public. He gets a fee for doing what he does. And a business speaker goes out there seeking clients, customers, referrals. Um, But what is the essential difference when they're speaking? What, What makes one... Why wouldn't a business speaker want to go out there and get a fee for him? You know, for, well,
1: we teach our business speakers never to say no to a fee. <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. Why and didn't another, you teach me earlier that? It, <laughs> I uh, said no many times.
1: Corollary of that, Neville, <laughs> is that we, we teach people to ask if the organization has a budget for speakers. Uh, okay. And they, because they, there, they, yeah, there were times when I was a business speaker. When I would get a $100 honorarium or something like that, which they would not have given me if I hadn't asked. Well, and let me elaborate on that a little bit. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: The goal of a business speaker is clients. Mm -hmm. The goal of a public speaker is more speaking engagements. Mm -hmm. For the business speaker, the speaking engagements are a path to get more business. For the public speaker, the speaking engagements are part of their goal. Right, right.
0: But how does a business speaker, uh, uh, it may be self-evident, but I still want, how does a business speaker, through his speaking, engage more clients? How can he, uh, supposing, I'm asking that question on this basis, uh, he may be, you know, whatever his business or her business might be, how can he ensure that the type of places that he's going to speak to, the type of organizations, are exactly the type of clients for his service? Or is that part and parcel of what you guys teach?
1: That's actually part of the answer, yes, is mm-hmm. to speak to the right groups. Mm-hmm. You know, you, I have, and again, learning from my mistakes, mm-hmm. I have spoken to the wrong groups in the past. Uh, I have spoken to rooms where the only person interested in my topic was the person who invited me to come speak. <laughs> this is a horrible feeling I'm guessing. <laughs> and the rest of the room was all retired people. <laughs> now, I'm quick on my feet. I, ta- I taught them as a rotary that they could use what I was teaching to get more members of their rotary mm. and to get more people to sign up for their blood drive and to get more people to participate in a golf tournament. So I wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't stymied by that. I still was able to teach a lesson and give value. But that's actually my number one answer of how somebody can speak to get business. And that is to give value first. Wonderful. Wonderful. You I like can't that. say, hire me in order to learn that. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Now the other thing about business speaking, Neville, is they don't always speak about what they do.
2: Mm. Mm.
1: Because very few groups are going to book a financial planner or an estate attorney to speak about what they do.
0: So they have to have, so what do you advise such people?
1: Other content, Right, so we have a local speaker, and I didn't help him with this, who teaches the leadership styles of Julius Caesar.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's pretty cool. And there was another gentleman who was teaching how to do business when you play golf. Love
2: it.
1: You know, so it's all about speaking on something you're passionate about and that people can learn from. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to be your job title.
2: Okay.
1: You know, it can be lessons of lessons about sale about selling mm-hmm. that have to do with motorcycles.
0: Mm-hmm. What's the funnest? Uh I, I don't know if your speakers would like you to answer this, but I would like you to. What's the funnest pitch or topic amongst the speakers in your group? Well,
1: now we have a storm chaser in Speaker Co-op.
0: Really? Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Oh. He's got video and pictures of storms that he has chased right. in the past. Mm-hmm. But, he, but beyond that, I helped him put together a book He's got a beautiful book of photography mm-hmm. of different kinds of storms and lightning and thunder and amazing photography with some poetry he's written mm-hmm. in this beautiful coffee table book.
0: Wonderful. So, is his business the book,
1: or does he have? Three? He, he teaches at a local university, ah, so he's yes. only speaking to share his passion about storm hunting mm-hmm. and sell his book. Wonderful. So he's not even he's not building a business around that. Although, he has done storm-chasing tours in the past, and he may do that again.
0: Mm, Okay. Well, when we're back, we're going to find out from Jeff how we could participate in this group. Okay, we'll be right back. You are on
1: the journey, and it's time for our question of the week.
0: The question of the week is this. What do you have of shareable or tradable value and what are you doing about it what do you have of shareable or tradable value and what are you doing about it perhaps it's time to start working on your pitch not on your scam on your pitch i'm back with jeff jeff tell us about that transition that you went through and then invite us, if you can, to, to your
1: program. You bet. You bet. My, my journey from being a business speaker to a public speaker, uh, you know, I, and I, I joke that I, I'm an, accident, an accidental speaker because uh, I was just helping people with networking and trying to get in front of more people to turn them into advertising clients, mm-hmm. and I discovered that the speaking was more fun. Mm-hmm and the speaking was what I was meant to do. Mm -hmm. So, at first I made the transition from being a free speaker to a speaker who was willing to waive his fee, Mm -hmm. which was an important jump for me, (laughs) and and then I actually spoke 250 times in three years. Mm -hmm. And during all of that, I learned a lot of these things I teach people not to do, (laughs) and I so slowly phased out my ad agency and eventually closed it in
2: 2011
1: hmm. and turned speaker co-op from the hobby if it had started as into a real business. Oh. I actually registered the name mm-hmm. in 2010, which I hadn't done previous to that. So I just, I had the website, right. but I didn't, I had never actually registered the name. So we're, uh, we can't steal it now. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> right. Well, even better, you can participate if you would like. Okay. That's the beauty. Because oh, um, the, the, the current, the new model, the new latest and greatest about speaker co-op, Neville, is that we have, we're have we meeting in three cities now, mm-hmm. all in Texas, mm-hmm. in Dallas, Houston, and Austin, mm-hmm. but I'm offering licensing agreements for people who want to join speaker co-op anywhere in the world. Ah. We have some qualifications if you want to start your own chapter, mm-hmm. but we are looking for people to start chapters where there are people who speak and want to learn how to do it more efficiently and get more results and have a little fun along the way. How can we've, people- got chapters com- we've got chapters coming in North Carolina and Kansas City soon,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then we have people, somebody from Canada emailed me the other day asking how, the, how it works to start their own chapter, so we're on our way.
0: Mm-hmm. So how can they come to you to find out about uh, starting their own chapter or being a member of an existing chapter?
1: You bet. My uh, Well, the website is speakercoop.com. Mm-hmm. No hyphen. There's a hyphen in the name but not in the domain.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So speakercoop, <laughs> if you're audio, an auditory listener, learner. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I guess that would be visual because it's how, what it looks like. <laughs> so speakercoop.com. You'll find the place to find speakers if you're an event person who's listening. Mm-hmm. You'll find some free education there if you're wanting to speak or you're already doing it. We have free downloads every month that rotate what we're downloading, what you can download. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, one thing that's in, that we don't rotate Neville is our letter of agreement that we recommend people use. To make sure they don't make a lot of those mistakes along the way. Uh, To make sure they they don't have to buy their own lunch. Uh, (laughs) Make sure that they have a table set up for them to put their materials on.
0: Where were you for the last 12 years? (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: Hey, you know what, Neville? I bought my own lunch at the first four years of speaker co-op meetings. (laughs) And I was running the meeting, and I was buying my own lunch. So I had to learn that lesson. If you bring a room full of people to a restaurant, you don't have to buy your own lunch. They'll buy that one for you. Okay. Uh, but the website has free education. It has information on our five different types of membership, and there's some information there if you want to contact me at jeff at speakerclub.com about whether or not you're eligible to license your own chapter.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I love it. Well, I'm I'm glad that you were willing to spend the time with us. You're a delightful fellow, and a del- for this, this show is a delightful show, but we've got one more thing. I'd like us to play a game. Yeah. Are you willing okay. to play a game?
1: Well, I am absolutely <laughs> willing to play a game. Let me make sure before we play the game, I invite you to the next meeting, Neville, because it's always the third Friday in Dallas. Okay. And, and the second Monday in Houston and the fourth Friday in Austin.
0: I'll let you repeat that because we have listeners so all in all those places. So repeat that again, please.
1: It's we meet the third Friday of every month in Dallas, mm-hmm. the second Monday in Houston, and the fourth Friday in Austin. And how can they find out where you meet? They can go to speakerclub.com and click on the events or the meetings button. Mm-hmm. But we're also on meetup. Ah. meetup.com has been a wonderful tool for us Mm
0: -hmm. so people can join you in a meetup is there any cost to joining you in a meetup group
1: no the only only cost is to attend the meeting Mm -hmm. and then if you choose to get involved at a higher level and be on the website and things like that we do charge for that but like as I said we have five different levels of membership starting with the community member which doesn't cost you anything so if a person just wanted to
0: turn up they discovered where the, 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 the meeting is, that lunch is, they wanted to turn up, can they turn up or do they have to RSVP to
1: be well, a part of it? it? It's beneficial to RSVP because they'll save $5 on the meeting, mm-hmm. but it's $20 in advance and 25 at the door. But they can show up without RSVPing as much as they want. Okay,
0: that's wonderful. Well, when we're back, we're going to play a game. All right. <laughs> Fun, 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 you are on the journey Along the journey we stop at intriguing places and meet fascinating people with novel solutions to some of life's tricky questions And we play a few games and track the remarkable characters of three classic books A Soundbite Life, Flight of the Fused Monkeys, and Illicet, A Time to Begin Again All of which can be found on Amazon
1: and Barnes & Noble
0: Well, Jeff, you're off on a nice walk in a quiet place with your cat on your shoulder. (laughs) right? And (laughs) no one else is around. And suddenly you see this bright light with this amazing person. You know that this person could not have come from Earth. But you're not scared, right? They approach you... (laughs) They approach you and they say, you know what? I love your air. I love your water. I love your light. Why do you guys have these things? What would you tell them? Um... (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea. <laughs> uh,
1: well, no, I, I was I was looking for more context. Uh, you know, my air, my light. Are we speaking of the world? Or are we speaking of? Uh, I would tell them that um, you know some of us believe that there is a God who has granted us with this wonderful place to live, and and asked us that we take care of it as well as taking care of each other. Tell me about where you live. And when you ask
0: them that question, the person turns to you and says, Ah, I live in a place you will never understand. But I came here not for your air or your light or your water. I keep hearing about business. So I'm heading to this place (laughs) that has got big business people live here. What four things must I walk with to make sure they respect me as a business person? What four things must I walk with to make sure they respect me as a business person?
1: Oh, what a wonderful question, Neville. Uh, Here they are. Number one, you must know what problem you solve. I Number like two, you, you must know who you solve that problem for.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Number three, you must serve. You must be be giving and, and offering help and be in business to help your people solve their problem. Mm-hmm. And finally, you must be able to tell us how you're going to do that.
0: Wow, the person says, now I know I am a business person. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jeff, for spending this time. I know I asked you for 20 minutes. I know i kept you for much longer than that. And I'm glad that you shared as much as you did with
1: us. Well, you know as a speaker now how much I hate to talk. So <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoyed my time with you and I love the game we played and I love your other questions so it was my honor to be here
0: thank you we're glad to have you thank you so much
1: the journey is available free on iTunes blog talk radio Rio sports radio and several of your favorite internet platforms download embed and share via any of the social media you love
0: you've just heard our first episode of the business of doing business featuring the founder of speaker co-op Jeff Klein, thank you, Jeff. You'll find this and ongoing episodes of this segment on thejourney.riosports.com. That is thejourney.riosports.riosports is spelled R-Y-O-S-P-O-R-T-S. Thejourney.riosports.com. Click on business. Be sure to find out what need you're willing to serve or what problem you are ready to solve. And remember, we are on Stitcher. Enjoy. See you next week.